0: This summer we have, and I'm actually back through the spring, we have been thinking a lot about mission as a church and what it means to be a part of the mission of God. And certainly there, there's a lot we are learning about how uh, to be a people of mission uh, in, in, our, in our local community, here in Jericho, as a, as a church body, in our neighborhoods, and there, there's a lot of work we have yet to do uh, to grow into that to grow into what uh, missional partnerships God might have for us in Burlington or or the greater community here in Vermont. But one of the things you also will begin to see in the book of Acts as we continue in in the coming month or so is the the church that was once just in Jerusalem beginning to to go further out and not even just to their fellow Jews but crossing cultures, moving out into uh, different corners of the earth. And there's a two-way transaction that happens there in the book of Acts. The gospel goes to new places. It begins to take root in new communities. But as it does that, it it impacts the way the church in Jerusalem thinks about the gospel. It helps bring uh, greater growth and and sort of the, the full maturity of that gospel as those cultures and communities partner with one another. This morning, we are learning about a partnership with Food for the Hungry, and that may be news to most of you. That Today might be the first time, or this week, maybe in the emails, maybe the first time you have heard us speak about this organization. Uh, but our conversation with Food for the Hungry actually goes all the way back to this fall. Back in October, I had the chance to sit down for a cup of coffee with Dennis Mahoney. And uh, a few of you in our community know Dennis. Dennis studied at the University of Vermont. He was part of a church plant there in Burlington during his university years. And Dennis has a real passion for the global church, the diversity of God's church. And in the years following his graduation from UVM, he's done a number of different things, worked with different ministries. But the past few years have brought his interests and his passions to Food for the Hungry. And he serves now as a church mobilization person within their organization. Now, as a pastor, I get to have coffee with lots of different people, to hear about lots of different ministries and organizations. But as I came home that afternoon, I was excited because of uh, the the nature of what Dennis shared and the kind of paradigm that Food for the Hungry believes in, this idea of mutual transformation. And having lived, uh, Katie and I, and our family overseas and across cultures for more than a decade. Uh, I know how deeply my understanding of who Jesus is and the way the church looks has been shaped by learning from others, learning from other cultures and the way they follow Jesus as a community. So Food for the Hungry doesn't just want our our church to to write a check or to to send a work team for a week or two and and then sort of to be done with that missional partnership. They uh, aim to cultivate typically a a 10-year-long process in any community they go into. And they aim to address sort of systemic issues of poverty in those communities. They aim to get to know the local churches in those communities and empower them as partners in that process of development and community formation and so that the the life of the gospel in every dimension flourishes in those places. And as, as a result, churches like JCC from the U.S. or other parts of the world yet to witness the the brilliance and the transforming power of the Holy Spirit working in in people uh, across the globe. So that was a conversation that began back in October. There were a series of phone calls back and forth uh, and discussions with our mission team. And then back in February of this year, we were invited to send someone from JCC as a representative to go see the work of Food for the Hungry in the Dominican Republic. And so Marcus Szynski volunteered uh, to open up a week of his schedule to go down and to see with his his eyes and ears, to be our sort of collective eyes and ears uh, in terms of what Food for the Hungry is doing in the Dominican. And we uh, wanted Marcus to speak this morning. He's actually at the youth retreat. So we put together this brief video where Marcus shared a bit of what that trip was like for him. Let's take a look. Hi. Uh,
1: My name is... Marcus Szynski and I think most of you know me and my family Uh, and uh, I had the privilege of being sent to the Dominican Republic at the end of February and I just wanted to take the time to share uh, some of the things I learned and I saw and just saw how the Lord was working in the lives of the people of the Dominican and in the lives of the people of the mission Food for the Hungry. I saw two things that were really important to the communities. Um, uh, One were basically clean water projects. um, And then the other one that was very common in the Dominican would be baseball fields. And in no particular order of of, of importance um, that those baseball fields that I saw um, that you wouldn't normally consider a part of a mission, they, they were something that the people took pride in, that the, that the people were able to gather around uh, because you know, baseball is a national sport um, of the Dominican. And so if they had that, they were a community. And then what could happen, they could work on a clean water project so that the people didn't have to go down to the river every morning to, to get water and hopefully it was clean. And so that the people weren't burdened by being sick from unclean water. Um, and then they could move on to other things and work with the community, um, such as uh, you know, organizing a, a, a preschool that where the children could come to learn um, and they could also work on uh, poverty alleviation, such as people meeting in community savings groups so that they could have a place to save their money. Um, You know people would come, sit down, share, um, be accountable to one another, uh, open up their version of a checkbook and share with community members exactly what they had and make deposits into community savings and then give out uh, micro loans and The great thing about those microloans, which were really just very small amounts of money, but much money to them, is it enabled people to start their own businesses. It gave them dignity. You could see it in their faces. And I met a woman who was a recipient of of a microloan. She was one, so she received a loan from this community savings group And what that allowed her to do was to start up a micro business. And it was a roadside, you know, food and snack stand. She sold potato chips, sodas, drinks, cold and hot sandwiches. She had a way to to cook the sandwiches. Uh, She had a small cooler. Um, and, and, And you could see the joy and the pride in her face of being able to own her own business, she wasn't working for somebody else. She was able to earn a living, to provide a meaningful service to the people who were going down the road. So Food for the Hungry was able to get the community involved and to make use of the resources that were already there in the community. And that was just awesome to be witness to and to be witnessed to how that helped to transform that woman's life. We had the opportunity to visit communities at different levels of engagement with Food for the Hungry. Some had been involved with only six months or a year and several were almost at graduation. And we visited a community center that was pretty far along in its development and it had a thriving preschool. And we were given the privilege of being able to go in and interact with the children there and you could just see it in their eyes that they, they were given this, this opportunity, this, this privilege um, to be able to come to a school to, to receive nutritious meals, to learn the alphabet, to learn their language, to learn even their history because it was Independence Day, I believe, on the day that we were there and they were celebrating and, and they had such pride, the students, and the teachers, to be able to have their own preschool within that community, just, you, you could just, it just helped to transform the community. And since these were the children, that it will have a lasting impact as those children grow in and, and mature into adults. I just wanted to take a moment to thank Jericho Congregational Church and the Missions Committee for sending me to the Dominican uh, to visit Food for the Hungry, uh, to have the privilege to walk alongside the people in the Dominican and to just take part in their lives for just a few days, but just to see the transformation that was taking place when a missions organization does missions with the community that they're in. And and, and just, just to see these people going from extreme poverty to Thriving to being able to earn a living themselves, to their children receiving an education and food and, and having hope for the future. And, and I hope that uh, we'll be able to travel to the Dominican together in the future.
0: Now that was uh, a trip that happened all the way back in February and uh, our hope and the Missions Committee's hope was that Marcus would be able to come back a few weeks after that trip and tell us about it. Well, I think two weeks after Marcus got back, COVID-19 descended upon our sort of worship calendar and interrupted our ability to meet together. So for the past four months, even though we haven't had a chance for Marcus to share that with our community, uh, we have been having conversations. Marcus, myself, the Missions Committee, and also Food for the Hungry, about what it would look like for us to take those next steps of partnership together. And they came back to us and they said, we would love it if your church would consider partnering with a particular community, a particular place, uh, one of the places that Marcus actually visited on that trip. Uh, and it's the community of Guasamita. It's not a large place, it's more of a village. It's about an hour's drive east of the, the capital city of Santo Domingo. They uh, used to, uh, maybe a decade or further back, depend heavily on the sugar cane industry, but that, for various reasons, uh, essentially dried up. The the national government no longer supported that industry in the same way, and so they were left uh, without the same kind of opportunities, economically and for work. Uh, So about three years ago, Food for the Hungry began to partner with this community at, at that community's invitation. They only come into a community if they are asked and invited in, and and then they begin to organize and gather that community to identify what kind of development, uh, what the local church desires to see happen in that place. So they've been partnering with them for three years, and they have begun to see some some good fruit in that community. But in order to sustain that work, Food for the Hungry relies on partnerships with churches like JCC. For us to to come alongside that work so that we can be transformed by it, and we can also uh, participate in it. And the way those partnerships work uh, are are sort of twofold. The sort of foundation of uh, financing and supporting uh, the work that Food for the Hungry does in a community is through child sponsorship. And so they've asked us to consider sponsoring 12 individual children to start in Guasamita. Again, the idea is not to sponsor a child in in this community, in that community, in another country, but all of these children are in one place, the part of this same village, um, so that there's a sense of relationship being developed between community to community. So that's something we'd love for you to be praying about today. Uh, and, And Food for the Hungry doesn't simply want child sponsors to just write a check. It's about $38 a month to sponsor a child. And certainly, those resources go a long way to aiding in the educational costs uh, for that community in clean water projects, development projects, health um, projects within that community. Uh, But they also really want those who would consider sponsoring a child to enter into a relationship with that child and that family uh, through the writing of letters, through a relationship of prayer directly with that community. Uh, and then as, as that begins to grow, uh, our hope is that those families or individuals who sponsor might actually consider making a trip to the Dominican and spending time with this community in Guasamita. And so that's the, the second uh, sort of piece of our partnership. Uh, we are intending and, and hoping to develop a plan to travel to this community roughly once a year uh, from JCC to send a team. Uh, of representatives, both to engage in, in service work, and they'll, they'll have kind of key development projects that the community has identified along the way that they'd like some help with, uh, but not just to sort of do the work, but also to develop relationships, to really understand that community, for them to understand us, and for a real partnership to take root. So we're, we're intending and hoping uh, right now that kind of travel, of course, is restricted uh, because of COVID-19. But in the months to come, we hope uh, that 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 might change and we would be able to consider sending our our first team down. To give you just a a little bit better picture of that community, though, in Guazamita, its own needs, the the places uh, that they are working and growing presently, uh, I had a conversation a few days ago with Carlos Nunez. And if Carlos's face or name sounds familiar, it's because he was the guy in the clip at the beginning of our service today. Uh, Carlos now serves as the field liaison for Food for the Hungry, one of their field liaisons in the Dominican Republic. He grew up actually not far from Guasamita, in a different community, and now he works to to develop these partnership relationships. So I want to share with you, it's about a 10-minute clip, just a conversation we had about that specific community, so you can get to know it better. All right, we're recording. Uh, good morning, Carlos. Uh, I wanted to introduce you to our congregation here in Jericho. This is Carlos Nunez, and he works with Food for the Hungry in the Dominican Republic and uh, also partners uh, with churches in the U.S. Uh, as they come down and, and um, do, do missional partnerships in that community. So, Carlos, could you tell us a little bit about what you do with Food for the Hungry and, um, and why it matters to you, what, what you love about the work you do?
2: Thank you, Dave. And hi, everyone. Uh, Yes, I'm I'm honored to be uh, talking to you guys and, you know, to talk about what I do through Food for the Hungry. You know, I've been working for Food for the Hungry for uh, nine years now, and I am based in the Dominican Republic. I work as a affiliation uh, and especially work with churches that partner with, uh, Communities down here in the Dominican Republic and also in Haiti, uh, with a team that we call the Church Mobilization Team. So we help churches to connect to those community that they partner with, and the uh, Food for the Hungry is uh, continuing its mission to graduate community from extreme poverty. So it's a pleasure to to say hi to you all and to do the it works that it's near to God's heart.
0: Yeah, thanks Carlos. Um, one of the reasons we're talking this morning is because we're uh, entering into a partnership with the community in Guazamita, um, there in the DR, which I know you're, you're familiar with, you've worked alongside um, and, and you're from a community not, not far away from there. But I'm wondering what you could tell us, uh, maybe help us envision what that community is like, uh, the people, that place, uh, and also what uh, what's happened so far. So I think you guys have partnered Two or three years thus far? Three years, yeah. Yeah, so what's uh, what's already underway and you know, what are some of the hopes and dreams for that place?
2: As a Wasumita, it's, uh, it's a great community and it's uh, located east Santo Domingo uh, or country capital, about uh, let's say 50, uh, 65 kilometers northeast Santo Domingo, and it's uh, a community that know it has a strong leadership you know unfortunately we will call it a community that has been unprivileged because of how it's been uh kind of uh, raised Uh, the community used to work on sugar cane factory back when we had uh that production here in the country and people that live there uh just used to work on uh, agricultural and Unfortunately, the government, uh, they decided to not continue supporting this uh, type of uh, factory on production. So people uh, were left out to work in agriculture and, uh, fortunately, with without the resources that they needed to, to continue. So thanks to Food for the Hungry and other organizations that have uh, worked alongside this community to uh to improve, we see that they are taking, you know, the course of improvement as well as uh, local churches. And, you know, they unfortunately, you know, have lack access to like drinkable water, but tend to get in the work of the leadership in the community. Water has been provided. So they have a water filtration machine. And our initial work during these three years with the leadership is that We've been training them, you know, how to advocate for the development of their community. We have different groups. We have a group called the Mother uh, Leaders Group, which is mothers the community that represent uh, a group of families. So we would choose uh, 10 mothers that will meet with uh, 10 families and make sure that those families are being uh, fed well. And they're also keeping hygiene and other essential guidance to keep their families safe because of, you know, unfortunately they don't have a a clinic or something close to them. But we see, despite all this, uh, let's say, struggle, we see all the uh, assignment and the leadership of the community. We work with farmers so they can have better uh, techniques in how to uh harvest their fields and also we work with education so we can improve their uh, education facility and as well the education curriculum so we bring uh or we just partner with Gas so he brings a brighter future to the community. And we're just so excited that you guys get to do this along with us.
0: Yeah. Yeah we're we're grateful for the invitation um to to learn, uh, you know, and, and be mutually transformed. Um, I know, you know, sort of the, the vision of Food for the Hungry is to walk uh, alongside community to community uh, for a period of, you know, five to ten years usually, and, and then to see a community graduate uh, from some of the initiatives um, that, that you guys are working on there. Uh, what are some of the, the goals that, uh, that Food for the Hungry, in working with this community, they, they've kind of set together over the next, say, five to ten years? What are some of those future things to be working toward?
2: Yeah, so, you know, when we enter a community, we uh, work with the leaders. There We will call it leaders, you know, people that have been born and raised in the community and that they want to advocate not for their own benefit, but for the entire community. And, you know, together we build something called the Community Transformation Plan. So that's... uh Plan that it's, you know, just a brainstorming uh, ideas and what people things that will improve their community, what resources they have, and what resources are needed. So, together we can build a plan and how to uh, push and the community can thrive. So, you know, in those uh, plans, we have identified, uh, along with the leaders of the communities, the need of access to drinkable water which uh thank to God they have now and also to provide like a health uh, uh improvement for the community. Unfortunately the community doesn't have enough enough bathroom so people uh you know the water that they might use be contaminated for their uh how they will use you know the necessity of the work and all that so we help them and they want to, let's say, build as much as trains as they can and to improve uh, their agriculture techniques because a community reaching fields so they can harvest and they can, they also have a proximity to the capital which will give them access to market. And, you know, families also can send their, Kids to school with having a better income, so income generation, is one of the dream, and as well, uh, a sport facility because of their proximity to the city. Uh, you know, kids, uh, and they don't want to maybe go to school or help the pattern in agriculture, but unfortunately, they will go and be wandering in the street. So the leaders have uh, proposed and it's and identify that providing a sport facility will help the children to be focused on doing that and also continuing education. And most of all, you know, our our dream is a community to have hope. You know, that community will have hope in God, hope in their leadership and hope in their neighbors. So in those 10 years or uh you know the year that we have expected to work with them is that we will leave a community with hope in God and hope with the leadership.
0: Yeah, Carlos, one of the things uh, in getting to know Food for the Hungry and sort of the philosophy and vision of the organization, one of the things I really appreciate about uh, the work you're doing is that, that you really are uh, a partner or a community that represents the global church uh, in so many different places and values the process of, of mutual transformation, so communities learning from one another and growing together. Um, I know you know, th- that part of what we're talking about this morning is is partnering with this community in Guazamita and some of the things that they're um, inviting support and partnership in. But I'm also curious, as you've worked with churches from the U.S. and other places, how have you seen uh, transformation and growth and, and learning take place in those communities? These as a result of their their work uh, with Food for the Hungry.
2: Uh, yes, it's you know, it's been a great uh, uh, way to engage, you know, a global church with uh, communities that unfortunately, you know, maybe sometime they will feel that they're forgotten, but actually they're not forgotten by God. And what a church uh, also do when they partner with a community is that you remind those people that they're not forgotten you know like even uh, you're coming from so far away to visit them and you also support them even if you don't get to visit the community they know that behind your heart to walk with them it's God's will for them to to be done in their community so it brings this uh, sense of um, let's say brotherhood of Fellowship, where we grow together. You know, we pray for one another, and we all fold uh, uh, in the umbrella of God's uh, providence and God's uh, protection. So, we've seen many communities being uh, empowered, and how leaders understand that they have an intrinsic value, and that's what the church partnership does. That you, uh, you don't want to go to their community and do the work for them. You're going to the community to partner with them and work with them so they will feel and be reminded of that value that they already have because they have it has been given by the creators. So as church work with community, it also happened in the community that we partner with, but we also have seen it in the churches that partner with because you understand that even you know by restoring relationship uh we see poverty being eradicated so that will also happen in local churches as you uh continue to grow in uh, restoring those relationships with with god with yourself with others and with creation
0: yeah yeah i know and talking to to marcus who uh, is a member of our church that went down in february to visit um just how uh, in the few days he was there seeing the the community and the community and mission Together with one another was was something that I think really inspired him and encouraged him thinking about how our community functions back here um, Yeah, just just witnessing um, What's happening uh, in in places like Wasamita and, and surrounding yeah. communities?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, well, I'm, I'm really excited about uh, sort of kicking off this partnership and um, continuing to get to know uh you better, Carlos and the rest of uh the community there and uh if 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 and when here in the next six months to a year we can actually send a, a group or a team uh sounds like there 's a pretty good chance we 'd get to spend some time with you is that right
2: yeah that's all, that's all right <laughs> that's, I hope
0: so <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll, yeah, but... We would look forward to that and um just really appreciate your time this morning to chat.
2: Thank you very much, I appreciate, appreciate you guys, and looking forward to uh, what the Lord has in store for us, and also praying as we navigate through these uncertain times. Thanks, Carlos. You're welcome.
0: Thank you for making the time this morning to, to listen and to hear more about the community in Guazamita. Um, Again, one of the first steps for us to enter into that kind of partnership is for us to consider child sponsorship. Uh, And like I said before, one of the things I think is unique and special about this is that all the children we would be sponsoring are part of one community. And so even though we we sort of enter into those sponsorship relationships individually or as individual families or households, as a church, we're we're together uh, partnering community to community. And it's also a partnership that's designed to last over the next many years. I want to invite Danny Pete to come up now as we kind of reach the end of our time together this morning in worship. Danny is on our missions committee, and uh, I've asked him in just a moment to pray for uh, the children there in Guazamita that we're being invited to consider partnering and sponsoring alongside, uh, and also to pray just more broadly for those families and that whole community. Uh, If you are interested in the idea of sponsorship, you can go to the homepage of JCC, and right there on the the main page, there's a picture that says, Meet the Children of Guazamita. And if you just click right on the image, right on the picture, it will take you to a link. It's a a separate website set up specifically for our church by Food for the Hungry, and it has the profiles and pictures of each of these 12 children. And then there's there's a button to click if you want to choose that child to partner with, and it'll walk you through the process and what's involved. Um, But yeah, Danny, would you uh, take a minute to pray for us this morning and for uh, the community in Guazamita?
3: Good morning. Uh, Let's pray. Dear Lord, we know you are watching over our church family. We thank you for putting food for the hungry before us. We pray that the leaders of this mission have heard your voice in their discernment over the choices made for Jericho Congregational Church. We pray that you will touch hearts and change lives amongst us. We pray pray for the children of Guazamita and their families. We pray for Pialina Angel Gabriel, Noella, Uriana, Warlan, Donara, Zacharias, Mirafel, Adrian, Luis Alberto. Wani and Willie. We look to your guidance, O Lord, and favor as we move forward as a church body. In Jesus' name we can pray, amen.